Hello, friend, and welcome back to another episode of The Watchaholic, a podcast all about your favorite movies and TV shows growing up and the ones that just premiered yesterday. And if you don't know, I am Melody and I am your host, The Watchaholic herself. So tell me, how was your last week? I mean, or your weekend, because obviously the next time you are going to be listening to the podcast, it might be Monday. And if that's the case, then that means you just had your weekend. I hope you had a great week because um, my weekend was really interesting, actually, and I'd really love to share it with you. So um, I've been living in this apartment with my partner for over a year, and I started to feel like I just got like this decorating bug over the weekend where I felt like the need to redecorate and really start to make my apartment feel more like a home. Um, we've kind of been living in this, it's a small one bedroom apartment in downtown um, New Westminster, um, aka Vancouver, BC. Um, I do live in Canada. For those of you who don't know, I am an American citizen, but I do live in Canada. And... Um, yeah, I just got like this weird like feel of being of like wanting to like um, really de- redecorate my room or my apartment in general just so I could feel more like home. You know, I don't see us living here forever and settling down, but if we are going to be here for at least another year, we might as well make it feel as homey as possible. So I reorganized my furniture. I moved some things around. I got some really cool IKEA um, artwork to put on my walls and just make it as homey as possible because, you know, I think it's really important that you feel so comfortable in your own home. But I also feel like if your home is comfortable and inviting, people will want to stay more often and hang out with you and I don't know, I was starting to feel that like people just didn't really want to stay and hang out at my place because it just looked kind of just like a, like here's a couch and a TV and a desk, you know, it just wasn't like homey and really us or really me, my my boyfriend doesn't really care about this stuff, it's me, but um, yeah, that's what I did this weekend and it turned out like freaking awesome, I'm really excited to see um, what else I can come up with and how else it develops in the next couple of weeks because I'm really, really happy with it and I think um, other people when they come back to my home are going to be like, oh, well shoot, she really redecorated. So yeah, Um, so I hope you also had a wonderful, wonderful uh, weekend. And, you know, I was also thinking this weekend, um, sometimes I wonder how people just do so much in general, because on weekdays, you know, after, you know, you have a regular nine to five job, I am literally exhausted. And all I want to do is sit and do nothing when I go to home. But I usually have to go home and like work on my Instagram and building my lovely audience of Watchaholic listeners, which is you, of course. Um, which if you're wondering actually uh, what I do for a living, I'm a receptionist at an office in downtown Vancouver. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I had mentioned just briefly before that I do live in Canada. Uh, I moved to Canada for love, uh, which actually brings me into today's episode. So today we're going to be diving into rom-com February. Yep, this month I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite romantic comedies. But you know, I also decided that I wanted to do something different because I also wanted to incorporate Black History Month. Now here in Canada, we're not celebrating Black History Month. It's more of a U.S. thing, but I am originally from the U.S., so I felt like I should really be um, 
taking in this time to um, to just incorporate Black History Month into my podcast. So I'm going to be chatting about rom-coms that have black-led casts. And I am so pumped to do this because I realized that there's actually a lot of romantic comedies I watched, you know, mostly in my early 20s that are so good, like fun, hilarious, and of course, the romance is there. And um, I am a sucker for a good rom-com. And I'm just excited to like really get into this month. And also, also, I do want to say that don't you worry, I will be covering a whole bunch of other rom-coms just in general, even after this month. It's not like I'm only covering rom-coms this month. After all, I only have like four episodes that I can, like four weeks to talk about romantic comedies. And there are how many amazing rom-coms out there. So, you know. Uh, so today, we are going to be covering ba, 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 2012's Think Like a Man, one of my favorite movies that I watched so much in my early 20s. Um, I just rewatched it a couple of days ago, and I was like, oh my god, I forgot how much I related to this movie in my 20s. Like, I was trying to find a man just like all of these ladies in the movie were. That's why I related to this movie so much. I wanted to understand men because let me tell you, finding and keeping a man in college was rough for me. I mean rough. I went through the ringer. So when this movie came out, I like never related more. So I am so ready to have some fun today and just talk about how relatable this movie is to any young woman in her 20s or even older, honestly, you don't have to be in your 20s. Um, I'm also going to talk about some comedic and acting chops that really sprinkled, that were really sprinkled into this movie. Um, well, in some places, they weren't just sprinkled. They were like thrown at you. <laughs> but yeah, and I also want to talk about just why, oh why, it still brings me so much joy to watch. But before we dive into our first movie today, let's get into our Say What? segment so for black history month i thought it would be like a great time to highlight some of like the best black actors and actresses in the hollywood industry you know as we know it has taken hollywood a really long time to get to where it is today and especially when it comes to black representation in films and you know as a side note i really do hope that the industry can continue to push forward and highlight black people in the entertainment industry and not just as actors but as directors as writers as costume designers you know everything that's in any position i think it's important and it's something that i want you to know and just in general anyone who's listening to listening to this to know that this is something that I truly stand behind I think black representation and representation of all colors of all kinds are so important in the entertainment industry today so let's let's keep going at it (laughs) um but anyway so someone I wanted to talk about in this segment was the one and only Denzel Washington now Denzel is known for some like amazing films I am a huge fan of like Malcolm X Glory, Training Day, um, Fences, and I mean, there's so much. There's John Q, um, Philadelphia. I, mean, I can go on and on. For the, like, this guy's repertoire is amazing, and um, he's just done so much. And he is literally like one of my favorite favorite actors out there. He's also like my mom's favorite actor, which I think is funny. She loves Denzel Washington. Uh, but while I was going on a little biography hunt, I found out some great things about 
Denzel, my, you know, my favorite actor, you know, like, did you know, because I did not know this, that he actually went to school to be a doctor and he took a class in acting because he thought he could get an easy grade. Crazy. All right. I mean, honestly, like sometimes that's really how it starts for a lot of actors, though. No one, and I don't want to say no one, but a lot of actors don't really go into acting as a kid because they were like, yeah, I want to be an actor. Um, obviously there are some kid actors, but you know, sometimes even they are kind of like thrown into it. It's not something that they thought that they would actually really enjoy. And it's also always usually started by like someone who just takes a class or does one show and then they're like hooked. I mean, that's how it started for me. Like if you asked me when I was little, what I wanted to be, it was like, I want to be a veterinarian. Y'all, I do not do science. I was not going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> But that's how it started for me. Like I just kind of did a, a high school production and I was hooked and I knew I wanted to perform for the rest of my life. And I'm not really doing that right now, but you know, I still love performing and um, yeah, it's crazy how it starts for some people. Uh, but something else I found out, which was really interesting and I thought it was actually just in general, a great, a great advice for any other actor out there who might be listening to this, but it's, um, you know, Denzel reached out to this, unfortunately our recently um deceased uh, Sydney Poitier to ask advice on taking a role of like where basically Denzel was going to be a character where he raped a white woman and then they tried to electric I can't speak I cannot talk electrocute the character but this character didn't get electrocuted because it didn't work so this character becomes like a cult hero in in a sense and um before taking the role Sydney told him hey um the first two or three or even four films you do in this business will dictate how you're perceived in this business and Denzel took that to heart and he did not take the role and six months later you know what happened he was offered the supporting role in Cry Freedom which is exactly how he got his first Oscar nomination it wasn't meant to be it was meant to be for him to take this other role. So just saying. And also for any other actor who is listening to this, definitely take that into accord because it is actually very, very true. And last but not least, because there's a million facts, but this is where I'm going to end after this one. But uh, basically Denzel is the only black actor with the most Academy Award nominations. He's got eight Oscar nominations and two wins. Get it, Denzel Washington. Just saying. Get it. Okay, friends. So I think it's time for us to dive into today's movie. I'm so excited. So today we're going to be covering, like I mentioned before, 2012's Think Like a Man. It was released on April 20th, 2012 and stars a whole bunch of people. But let's start with the list. that starts with Kevin Hart, Regina Hall, Taraji B. Henson, Gabrielle Gabriel Union, Michael Ealy, Megan Good, and so many more. I mean, okay, so this movie, if you haven't seen it, is based on Steve Harvey's book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. And it, this is weird, but to me, this movie was trying to do what 2009's He's Just Not That Into You did, which was also a rom-com based on a book, except that it, the cast was led by a whole bunch of big-name white actors like Jennifer Aniston, Ben Affleck, Jennifer Goodwin, I could go on. Um, and it's, it's literally the same concept. And honestly, I will say that there is nothing wrong with it because I absolutely love this movie just as much. They're both cheesy and predictable and I love every 
single moment of it. Literally every single moment of it I absolutely love. So let's get into the plot. Um, so this movie is, and, and by the way, when I do a plot, um, not recaps, but basically like when I read you plots, it's literally a plot of like what how I would describe this movie to someone. It's I'm not reading off like literally what it says in the back of a DVD. I literally just came up with basically what happens in this movie in a plot. Quick little thing. I don't know if it's quick, but we'll get into it. Um, so basically this movie is about a group of four different women who are going through different relationship issues. You can and honestly, you can probably relate to one of these women. So firstly, you have Maya, who's played by Megan Good, and uh, basically she can't find a guy who wants something serious. You have Candace, played by Regina Hall, who can't find a guy who's basically okay with the fact that she has a son. You have Lauren, who is played by Taraji B. Henson, who cannot compromise and wants a guy to meet her at her level when it comes to lifestyle and work, basically make as money as basically make as much money as she does. And lastly, you have Kristen, who is played by Gabrielle Union, who's been in a relationship with her college sweetheart for nine years, but he won't propose. So upset with their situations, they decide to start reading this like new hot book that's off the press called Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, written by Steve Harvey, who is actually in this movie. And he kind of does like little bits and pieces where he kind of like reads parts of his book like he's in an audience, kind of like like if he's with Oprah. Um, he also produced this movie, side note. Um, but basically, of course, they are paired throughout the movie with these guys who are Zeke, the player who doesn't want to settle down, and he is played by Romani Malco. You have Michael, um, played by Terrence J, um, and he's the mama's boy and doesn't seem to want to grow up. You've got Dominic, played by the sexy-eyed Michael Ely, who is basically a dreamer who has no set career nor makes over 100k a year. And finally, you have Jeremy, played by Jerry Ferrara, uh, who is the non-committer. So as the ladies start to date these men, or or as Jeremy and Kristen, who are the, the ones that are college lovers or whatever, um, Basically, as they start to date these men and, and all this stuff goes on, they decide that they're going to use the lessons from the book to get what they want from the men, obviously. But then what happens? Of course, what happens when the men find out they decide that they're going to use that actual book against them by pretending to give the women what they want so that they can get what they want. So, for example, like for the main like the one of the main ones is Maya who is paired up with a character of Zeke so Maya is playing this whole like I'm gonna wait 90 days to have sex with this guy and then you've got Zeke who's the player who's not the type of guy who usually waits for women he kind of just hits it and quits it you know what I mean so obviously how do they how does he do this once he decides that or once he realizes that she's got the book he's like okay, well, then I'm just going to do everything she says. I'm going to play along to this just so that I can get the um, the cookie, as they like to call it in the book. And um, he ends up saying that he loves her and opens up the cookie jar. And then in the next scene, it's really, really sad. You know, okay, blah, 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 blah. I can go on forever about what happens. But basically, yeah, yeah. Um, we can only guess how it all turns out. At first, it all goes horribly wrong, but they fall in love and they live happily ever after. That is literally Think Like a Man in 
however long I just spoke. That's literally, you've got both of these couples, they get together, they break up, they get back together. Typical. So one of the really important things that I wanted to talk about that I mentioned earlier about this movie is that this movie was so relatable to me. You know, when I watched it in 2012, I had been through it in college. So in 2012, I had already graduated. But, um, you know, when I was in college, I, I dated all these guys. And I just, like, didn't understand, like, why no one wanted to make me their girlfriend. <laughs> like, this was an actual problem. And um, I will gladly admit, actually, fun fact, as we're talking about this movie and this book that is based on and this movie that's based on a book um I will admit that I actually read Steve Harvey's book to act like lady think like a man I did own that book I read it I really wanted to get into the mindset of a man because as Steve Harvey says in the movie until you get into the mindset of a man you will never win in the game of love and y'all I was not winning I was losing hardcore so to me this movie was just relatable and honestly looking at it now um even 10 years later it can 10 years later it can really be relatable to any woman at any age whether you have a kid you want someone to give you that ring after years of dating or guys just want to you know as they say hit it and quit it and you're looking for someone who actually wants something serious who wants to build a relationship who wants to get married and have children there's literally every type of woman and man in this movie that will serve as a scenario for whatever you might be going through. And obviously, you know, this is also a movie. We can't say that everyone's story is going to like, oh my God, well, I have this guy and it's going to, this is a movie, guys. Like, obviously everyone ends up getting what they want in the end. But I do want to say that because this is so relatable, it was also so enjoyable to watch these characters on screen deal with these like real life scenarios i mean come on like girl if you are a girl listening like who has not dealt with a guy or even a guy with a guy or girl with a girl who literally doesn't want anything serious they want to just mess around with you and not make you their girlfriend everyone's kind of dealing with this stuff at some point um but tell me did you feel like you related to this movie at all if you've seen it like at any point in your life because if you did, do me a favor and send me in your stories of like crap that you've had to deal with. Like, oh my god, I love to hear those stories because I think it would be super duper fun and just like a talk about the ridiculous crap you went through in college, like just dealing with dealing with men. Because y'all, it happens. It happens. Um, okay, so next I really want to talk about a couple of things that this movie did really, really well. First off, I have to say this, the casting of Kevin Hart, I mean, what a hit. Like, his comedic timing in this movie is a chef's kiss, as they say. No matter how many times I watch this movie, he is so good at really delivering the physical comedy in this movie. And when you find out in this movie that he's actually the one who was getting a divorce from the one and only wendy williams i mean she's not playing herself she's being a character but when you find out that it's wendy williams on the other line that he's always yelling at oh my god it's like literally it's perfect you want to know why because she's like a foot taller than him and it's physical comedy gold to see these two like fighting on screen it is so funny and he is just perfect in this film as as i was watching it i just kept thinking like okay did they did 
did they just say, all right, Kevin, do whatever you want? Because I swear he just did anything and improved most of the time. Like I, while watching the movie, I'm like, was this scripted? Because I feel like nothing he said in that movie was scripted. It was that good. Um, he, they were just like, all right, do whatever you want. Improv, whatever you want. We'll take whichever take is good. He has this, he has these two lines. Oh my God. That get me every time he says, he's talking to all the guys in the room and he's like, guys, do you know the three rings of marriage? And they're like, no. And he goes, the engagement ring, the wedding ring and the suffering. Oh my God. (laughs) It's just so good. I can't even, I just can't go copy it. Um, or I think there's a scene also where, uh, Jerry Ferrara is like making a joke about how low his credit score is. And he goes, damn, you can't even get a discover card. And he just laughs at him and I'm like, wow. Oh my God. It's so good. And also he actually narrates this movie. Um, he starts it off. He's the one who's kind of describing the movie as it goes along, which is also really nice to have um, throughout the movie. Just ha- kind of have uh, a narration as to what's going on. It's interesting. I um, It's kind of like Jennifer Goodwin in He's Just Not That Into You, but nah, it's a little bit more involved. Um, also, this mu- um, another thing this movie did really well, the music. Oh, my God. You've got John Legend, you've got Neil, you've got Bruno Mars on this soundtrack, baby. Oh my God, I mean, come on with the hits in this film. Um, there's a theme song, which is um, The Best You've Ever Had by John Legend, which also seems to be the theme for Michael Ealy's, um, aka Dominic and Taraji B. Henson's uh, Lauren uh, Lauren's relationship. Every time that they're on screen together, like having a scene or kissing or legit making out because there were some makeout sessions in that movie with them too Woo, man um anytime they're on screen together that song's playing and it is such a great song i definitely had that song on my ipod back in 2012 i mean it's also like fucking john legend of course and it's he's uh, amazing the beat is hot it's sexy and it's like that r&b music you just want to play while you're like sitting in the bath i don't know it just kind of gives me that like vibe but guys, speaking of what I was just saying with the making out, every time they were on screen making out this song, making out to this song, it was intense. <laughs> like every time I was like, all right, guys, I see you like that. It was some acting because y'all, their kisses were heavy. He was like legit eating her face at some points. I saw like tongue. And usually when I see tongue in movies, I'm like, Ugh, uh. I just, I cannot stand it because it is it's not my thing um but they were really I guess going for like the passion that these characters both have like they're clearly very sexual beings just saying um but next thing next thing this movie is also extremely funny like the writing is funny and the actors really like deliver you know, obviously I talked about Kevin Hart, but someone else who takes the cake is the character of Loretta, who I believe is played by Jennifer Lewis. I think that's who it is. I think her name is Jennifer Lewis. If not, I will correct myself later. But she plays Michael's mom, the mama's boy. And oh my God, she is so funny. There's literally a scene when she meets Candace, Regina Hall, for the first time. And she wants to put on this impression that she doesn't know who Candace is. And she's just so rude to her. But in like a hilarious way. Like she point, like Candace at some point points out that she has the same frame at home with a picture of her son. Because Candace has a kid. And Loretta goes, 
Oh, that's right. You're the one with the child. <laughs> it is so brilliant because then like Candace reacts like, what the heck is going on? It is it is so freaking funny. Um, and Jennifer Lewis, like, she just she sells it um, so, so well. Uh, something else I really enjoyed was the fact that they made Lauren's character uh, the one who actually had to go and get the guy. Like it wasn't the other way around where usually the guy is the one who made the mistake and they have to go and get the girl back and sh- show their love and all that stuff. Like it was a little bit different. I liked that there had at least one girl who was the one who kind of fucked up. Um, she was the one in the wrong. And I really enjoyed that it was that um, because th- the moment she realizes that she she blew it (laughs) she said shit like you could tell like it was a really wonderful scene when she realizes that she shouldn't have um dumped uh dominic because that's pretty much what she does um she dumps him at some point because she realizes like uh you know i need you to make as much money as i do and she just can't like let it go and then she goes on a date with this like older not older guy like someone she i think she used to date before who makes mad money now and is just like he like in like they go out to dinner together and all he does during the dinner is just talk about himself and you just hear it like kind of in repeat in her mind like how she's like oh my god like this guy hasn't even asked me once and she kind of stops him and she goes she says to him i'm i'm fine thanks for asking and then she just leaves and it's it's brilliant it's just i'm so glad that they kind of uh, went with that and speaking of the women in this uh, movie uh they also really deliver on the acting chops we've got megan good and regina hall and also and yes taraji b henson who are real standouts in this cast um they played these powerful women who just knew exactly what they wanted and it showed every time they were on screen i just i felt their passion their conviction and their wants and i truly enjoyed their performances from beginning to end okay so now i just want to dive into some things about the movie that i didn't like or things that they didn't really do well i mean i love this movie but these were just a couple of things i noticed that I, I felt like they didn't do too well and the first thing is that i did feel like it's a bit too long it's like two hours and two minutes and i could have done with it being a bit shorter i get it they have to introduce a really big cast so their storylines how they meet the honeymoon phase the breakup the repercussions and then they get together so yes i get it but i think i would have really enjoyed it i a little bit more if it was just a bit shorter because there is a point where you're kind of like all right so when is it like when's the ball gonna drop you're kind of like you're kind of like waiting for that um i also thought that it was and i i don't know this was probably what they wanted but i just didn't understand why the whole cast wasn't just like a black cast i didn't understand why they had to have like two white male characters added to the group of friends i'm going to assume it was because they wanted to have the comparisons of how white and black male like men different differentiate relationships because it was really funny there's a moment where um gary owen who plays bennett um was really he's really great in this movie um but they're talking about like how like the guys are like oh yeah we we like big butts and stuff like that and the guys the white guy's like oh yeah does she have a night like the other white friend is like oh does she have a, a nice rack <laughs> and one of them i think it's zeke he goes he's just like oh that's some white people shit and then then it goes oh yeah that's definitely white men love breasts <laughs> so like 
like, I guess that's kind of like maybe why they had to have like these two white men as well. Um, but yeah, I thought like, I'm <laughs> sorry, that just was funny to me just saying it out loud now. Um, but um, I hate to say it, but the casting of Jerry Ferrara as Jeremy, I was not a fan. I felt like his purpose in this movie was literally to deliver specific lines like this is war gentlemen like I was just not a fan of his acting in this movie so sorry Jerry um for those of you who don't know who Jerry Ferrara is he was actually played the character of turtle on entourage if you ever watched that show um yeah I just felt like I don't know I just wasn't a fan of his acting in this movie and I also which brings me to my next point I also just didn't think he was paired really well with Gabrielle Union um, the chemistry and the acting between of them, like, was just, like, the weakest com- to me compared to the chemistry and acting between all of the other actors. Um, but, yeah, they just weren't well matched to me. I just, I didn't buy it. Uh, but, yeah, okay, so this movie, um, this movie really is just enjoyable to watch. I can watch it at any time. And, yes, I did own it on DVD once upon a time before streaming came along and pretty much killed the DVD. Uh, I really enjoy watching this movie for the laughs and for the idea that <laughs> that Maya needs to hold back any form of sex for 90 days. It truly is so funny in this movie, especially when she decides to wear granny panties on her dates with Zeke to stop her from forgetting the rule. It's so smart. So ladies, if you are listening to this and you are trying to refrain from giving out your cookie, as they say, for 90 days, the granny panties are the way to go. <laughs> so all in all i would rate this movie an eight out of ten yes i know it's pretty high but you know this movie really delivers for me the characters are funny the story moves along the acting is great it's not my favorite obviously rom-com of all time but it's definitely up there so guys that is think like a man the first movie of the rom of rom-com february i'm so excited to keep it going next week with another romantic comedy led by a black cast i really hope you enjoyed this episode please don't forget to leave a review and rate the podcast you can also follow me on instagram at the watchaholic podcast uh please dm me with movies or tv shows that you'd like me to cover and hey if you do DM me and you leave me a review, I'll shut you out in the next episode. All right, I'm out of here. See you next week. Bye.